Hey everyone, you're listening to Reina's podcast. My podcast is for entrepreneurs to find motivation, resources, and business tips. The entrepreneur journey is not easy, but I hope that this podcast can encourage you to keep going and to remind you que si se puede. Welcome back to Reina's podcast. Woo, woo, woo. I'm super excited to have you here. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen, to better yourself, to hear some incredible, inspiring stories. You know, I'm really motivated and pumped up for this new season of Reina's podcast because I really have... I always keep an eye out on who I want to interview and if they truly, you know, moved me, inspired me, then I know that possibly they can inspire you too. A couple updates. I will be coming up with some new resources, either marketing tips, marketing ebook. I did create a whole marketing ebook for all of you and I will be promoting that very soon please sign up to my newsletter you can actually get my free ebook of 10 marketing tips and this is for someone who wants to you know grow their brand their business struggle with social media that bringing more engagement maybe you already have a social media and it's awesome but you're not really getting a lot of people commenting people sharing how to even collect the statistics on all of that you can totally you can go to the show notes and I will give you the link of my ebook also I will be having an event and a workshop very soon and I would love to have you there and it will either be about marketing or about goal setting So I definitely have been getting more also into getting more clients, helping them with creating their goals, getting more clear on their goals, and then planning it out. And I work on a, you know, I have them do a big vision plan, but then we break it up into 90 days, 60 and 30 days. And then I have meet with them weekly and accountability to make sure it gets done and we create realistic goals, but that are all leading towards your, you know, your bigger dream life. So I've been, you know, if you're interested in my coaching services, you can also reach out there. If you feel like you're all over the place, you need accountability. I would love to help you out and get started on your goals and accomplishing them, right? So you can, everything is in the show notes. Show notes You'll find it. It's all like, you know, summaries, links, and things like that. So you can totally check it out there. So as I was saying, I will be doing a workshop very soon. And to stay updated on it, you can sign up to my newsletter or you can follow me on Instagram at hola underscore reina. So I would love to connect with you too if you, you know, you see me on Instagram and everything you shoot me a DM and we can chit chat. So totally new things coming and I really love getting everyone's feedback. Um, especially, you know, you can share with me some maybe people that you want me to interview or check out or topics you'd like me to cover. 
you know, this podcast is to offer resources for you and everything. Um, so I am totally open to it. I will introduce the next guest on the podcast who's a very great friend and mentor and someone who truly is inspiring. His name is Diego Corzo. He is 28 years old. He's been featured on Forbes, Entrepreneur, and is a TEDx speaker from Austin, Texas. He started working in corporate America and soon discovered that he was destined for more and pursued a career in real estate. Now, Diego is a realtor for Keller Williams alongside an incredible team and currently owns 13 rental properties. Diego is on a path to financial freedom and aspires to help others, especially millennials, become financially free and reach their full potential. He will also be sharing about his DACA story and about an organization called GoBundance and how to have a mindset to become financially free. You're probably going to want to listen to this episode twice to just really see, soak up all the incredible value that Diego offers. And I'm so ready for you to listen to the podcast. And once you're done, you can go and leave a review. Totally helps a sister out. If you'd leave a review, I would greatly appreciate it. This is for everyone that has iTunes podcast, right? I don't know where you're listening the, this podcast from, what, you know, tool either. It's, it can be um, Spotify or iTunes or another resource. But if you do have iTunes, I would greatly appreciate if you left a review. Thank you, and I hope you enjoy the episode. So everyone, welcome Diego to my podcast, and I'm super excited to interview him. He's definitely one of a kind, and he has such a great story, and I want him to share a little bit about where you're from, where you grew up, and all of that. Perfect. Well, Reina, thank you very much for having me here. Excited to share my story with you and see what your audience can learn. Yes. But basically, I'll, I'll start by where, where I am now and then just give you a glimpse backwards. Okay, so perfect. Diego Corzo live in Austin, Texas, 28 years old. I uh, work as a realtor full-time, and I also invest in real estate. I currently own 13 properties. Now, awesome. but, and this sounds cool, right? But yeah. um, life wasn't always this way. Um, I am what, I've gone through a lot of ups and downs, and I am what Congress calls a dreamer, and I'm under the DACA program. So I was born in Lima, Peru. I, I moved to the States when I was nine years old, and I never really understood do what it meant to be undocumented because we came here with a visa and everything, but my, but we overstayed it. And even though I heard, I heard a couple of things when I was a child, it didn't really hit me until I turned 16 to get my driver's license. And that's when I found out, okay, I can't get my driver's license because I don't have papers. And now I'm going to be facing some obstacles and some challenges um, as I become more of an adult, different than my friends, right? So at that point, that's when I knew, okay, I'm not going to be the regular teenager 
because I'm going to have various other obstacles in my life. Um, but I decided to focus instead of, instead of saying, oh, my life sucks or things like that. I just put all my efforts in school and uh, I was able to graduate third in my high school class. What that meant for me was next, I was going to go to college. <clears throat> I, uh, I graduated third and I got some scholarships. I applied to a lot, but I found out that most of them were taken away and also a lot of financial aid I couldn't qualify for for any of that. I couldn't qualify for student loans or grants. Even, even due to my grades, um, I just couldn't do it because I wasn't an American. And so that was another obstacle when I'm like, they told me that if I put all my effort in school, wow. life was going to be good. The next yeah. step is going to college. And I had big, all these big dreams. Um, and because of my undocumented status, uh, that's when I found out that I also couldn't really, really find a way to pay for college other than by working right? Because all of my friends were getting like grants and loans, wow. um, some scholarships. So I go to FSU, I go for the first semester, because that's how much I had enough, like between the money that I had saved, um, with the help of my parents, and also some scholarships, I was able to save enough for one semester or one, one year. And then it was the time where, okay, I began to volunteer at a nonprofit. My, my main focus was um, technology. So I did websites, WordPress websites for nonprofits and small businesses. Mm. Um, but I found out when the nonprofit wanted to hire me when I was like 19 years old. And that's when I found out that I couldn't work because I don't have a work permit. So then all of my things, I was, okay, I'm going to volunteer first, and then I'm going to get a job in an area that I do want to learn, that I do want to work in. Yeah. And then I found out that at the age of 19, I cannot drive, I cannot get student loans, and now I cannot work. So I'm like, what the heck do I do now? Um, but I've always been the person that has been as resourceful as possible just by looking at everything that my parents went through. We always, we, we struggled, but there was always enough and yeah. we, we always figure it out. Um, so I just had that mentality and I found out that I could create my own LLC and I began working as a contractor for those nonprofits and small businesses. And that's how I was able to make it pay, pay for college. And I was able to graduate in the top 1% of FSU with mm -hmm. two bachelor's degrees in less than four years and with zero student debt. Totally being resourceful. That's why, yeah. like, this is hashtag no excuses. Like, that's... <laughs> right? That's yeah, I mean, it was, it's been... It's been but it's long. not easy. And this was before DACA, right? So then when I graduated in 2012 mm -hmm. from FSU... That last semester, that's when the DACA program was announced. And I was finally, at the age of 22, I finally got the opportunity to get a driver's license and a work permit, right? Wow. But it wasn't until that moment where sort of like, I had all this at, during, until the age of 22, 23, I could say like, all my friends were at this, like the opportunities that I could get yeah. began to even up right like like they began to get even prior to that 
I was on the, I was on the down scale of like, I had to work my butt off to, there was always obstacles. There yeah. was always obstacles. Like you had it to work as, like 10 times harder than everybody else. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It, it was just like a lot, a lot harder, but I decided that I didn't, that no matter what obstacles I had, no matter what challenges, there was always a how to figure it out. Right. And I have a quote that if the door of opportunity is closed, I go through the window. And yeah. that's been my mind. There's always a way we live in the land of opportunity, the, whether you're undocumented or not, it takes a lot. It takes a lot longer hours, longer work, but there's still opportunity for those that hustle for those that make it happen. So what got you into real estate after, yeah. after a college? Yeah. So after college, I, I got a job with General Motors and I became a software developer for them here in Austin. While I was in college though, I read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Mm-hmm. And that book, when I was 21 years old, it changed my mindset because it taught me that there's two ways for people to make money. You can either trade your time for money, that's called active income, or you can make your money work for you, and that's called passive income. So my goal was then, okay, how can I get as much active income as possible, live below my means, and invest the rest for passive income to buy assets, to buy to buy into, to make my money work for me in that perspective and get residual income every month. Yeah. So that was the mindset that I have. Um, so then I got in, I became a software developer at GM. I worked there for two years, but in between those two years, I decided to num- number one, um, do the strategy called house hacking which is basically buying a house uh, with putting low money down. This is the benefit of house hacking because you're going to live in that property or duplex, triplex, or quadplex. I bought a single family home with four bedrooms. I was 24 years old. I rented out three bedrooms for five fifty, and then I lived in the master. The mm-hmm. rent money paid for all of my mortgage and even my car payment. So since I was 24 years old, I lived for free. And um, because I didn't get the, the, I guess, like now it's a blessing in disguise, but I didn't get the opportunity to get student loans. I didn't have any debt either. So I just lived below my means. It wasn't anything sexy because I was living with roommates and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. But it just, it's, it, it set the path for me so that I can buy more properties in the future. Yeah. And, um, and I live below my means. So that meant that I was living for free. I wasn't spending much money in the beginning and everything that I was making went to buy more properties. And in between that time, I also became a realtor doing it part time. Mm. And I was able to quit corporate America two years in, in 2015. So I got my license in 2014 and 2015, I left corporate America and now I've been doing it full time. Well, we got connected through the organiz- the nonprofit organization when life fully lived. And this is, I want to say like an awesome nonprofit that hosts events and conferences and 
It's all about entrepreneurship, financial freedom, like getting, it's like a different mindset. I mean, first time I went, like totally blew my mind, like just people that think outside the box and, you know, don't really set limitations in their life. And, you know, they also, there's also another organization called Go Abundance. And I mm -hmm. want you to talk a lot. I, when I talk about GoBundance, I feel like people are like, that's crazy. Like, that doesn't even exist. <laughs> I'm like, I want you to share what is GoBundance and how you became a part of it. Yeah, so this is like part of the other crazy story that <laughs> actually has helped me to my success because I couldn't be where I am without having a mentor, without having a mastermind group. And that's why I'm a big supporter of those. And basically, here's what happened. I was 23 years old. I, um, I heard a podcast and I followed the guy who was getting interviewed. His name was Pat Hyben. I follow him on Twitter and I thanked him for the value that he brought in that interview, right? It's crazy because if I didn't send that text, I mean, that, that tweet, I don't know where I would be right now. <laughs> um, but I basically, I sent him that tweet and then he tweeted at me back. He's like, Diego, thank you so much. Um, I really appreciate your comments. I also have a podcast. Check it out. So his podcast was about realtors. And because I was becoming a realtor, I was like, this is great. So after every interview, I would send him a tweet, thanking him, saying what I learned, stuff like that. And then in one of those interviews, he mentioned GoBundance. And he says, it's a mastermind for highly successful individuals that want to lead epic lives. So then I send him a direct message and he responded. And I was like, hey, what is Go? Can you tell me more about GoBundance? So he describes it a little bit and he says, it is a mastermind for millionaires. And I was like, holy crap, I went in. I go to the website and keep in mind that at this point, I'm not a millionaire. I'm not a millionaire now either, but I said, I go to the website and I get on a call with Tim Road and I tell him I'm 23 years old. I own, at that point I own two properties, two or one, one, one property. Okay. I was like, I know what, um, I know that I have to level up my, my peer group to get where I want to be. I'm young, but I can hustle and um and i have big goals so he said diego let me see what i can do long story short three months later i found myself at david osborne's house in oh steamboat uh, with 15 other millionaires and so this point david osborne is worth now 100 million but back then he was worth 40 million and i have never met millionaires like that in my life and yeah. so i am hanging out with 15 millionaires from from 1 million to net worth of 40 and everybody's introducing each other because they don't know it very intimate from from that perspective because yeah. we were all staying in a house just hanging out so when it was my turn to get introduced i was like my name is diego my net because we had to share your net worth so this mastermind is very open you have to share your struggles your net worth like everything that people yeah, think is taboo true. Yeah. They are very transparent. So I'm like, my name is Diego. I'm 23 years old. My net worth is 25K. I own two properties and that's it. And they were like, who the heck let this kid in? But four, day, four days later, I actually turned 24 years old 
at that event okay. they didn't know that it was my birthday but i told them like at the end i'm like hey guys by the way today's my birthday and my life has completely changed so they pulled me to the side and they said diego go abundance is for millionaires but we want to help you become a millionaire will you be our first apprentice and i was like heck yeah you tell me what i need to do and i am in right because I'm all, like, I follow that, that quote that Jim Rohn says, that you are the average of the five people you surround yourself with. And by me being in that room with millionaires, I'm like, I need to get to their level, and yeah. this is how I'm going to do it. Um, so they became my mentors. I basically, everything that they told me to do, I took action. And that is something that I tell a lot of people. Like, if you want to, if you're going to ask for help from a mentor to, to, to treat them out for coffee or lunch or something, take action on what they tell you so that you, so that they don't think that you're wasting their time. Mm. So that's what I did. They told me to go to Tony Robbins. I went to Tony Robbins. They told me I needed to take a speaking class to get better at speaking. I did that. They said, come to, come to one life. I did that. Run a Spartan race with us. I did that. So everything that they told me I did and I saw the results. And then, like, my life completely changed. I joined Go Abundance from that perspective as an apprentice um, in August of 2014. Mm -hmm. Two weeks later, three weeks later, I was flying on David Osborne's private plane. And I was like, my mind is yeah. blown. I, I was like, I couldn't believe it. But so I'm very grateful for that opportunity. And now... I'm teaching, so I'm teaching everything that I have learned from them. Now it's like, it's my time to give back from yeah. that perspective. And now I'm teaching and going all, all through, through, through that. But basically by me surrounding myself with them and taking actions on what they told me to do, that's how I was able to quit corporate America because they will hold me accountable, right? It was a mastermind group where you share your goals, your audacious aggressive goals and then they hold you accountable so that you can achieve it or they kick you out because they're like if you're not going to be one of us you're out so that's why i was able to get to the level to where i am today yeah. and um and always challenging me and it became the norm because they introduced me to the formula of being a hundred percenter mm -hmm. and being a hundred percenter basically it's the understanding of getting your, your passive income divided by your monthly income. I mean, by your monthly expenses every month. And that gives you a, that, that gives you a number that then you turn into a percenter. So as an example, um, to achieve financial freedom, to be a hundred percenter, if you have passive income of 500 a month, and your monthly expenses are 5,000, yeah. you divide 500 divided by 5,000, and that gives you 10. So you are a 10 percenter, right? So a lot of people think that it's super hard to achieve financial freedom or financial independence, but with this formula, you can set a plan to achieve it because then you know, okay, if I'm a 10 percenter now, I don't need to become a hundred percenter in the next year. Maybe you set a goal to become a 20 percenter mm -hmm. and the next year a 30 percenter. So if you just focus on every year, just increasing an extra 10%, you can become financially free in 10 years. But a lot of people don't do it because they're not aware and it's not in their vocabulary. 
but in GoBundance or with like with a lot of my friends, that's common. It's that vocabulary that always helps me take the right actions. Mm, I see. And I feel like, you know, the people in GoBundance, they're, well, they're all from different backgrounds. And I want you to share, like, how was it being with a group of people who, you know, grew up very differently from you? Tim, were you intimidated? Like, what made, I feel like as a Latina, Latino, you know, it can be just, you're like, these people don't look like me. They don't know my life. But you're, I like your mentality. And I feel like I have that mentality too. Like, you, you kind of have to get past that and just mm-hmm. know, like, they're there to help you. But how, how is, do you feel like in GoBundance, um, how, were they very welcoming or what do you think? Yeah, so the cool part, and it, it may be because I'm a minority or I don't know, but maybe they really like me, but <laughs> I never, I felt like they were always wanting to help me. Mm-hmm. Um, I always saw them as a mentor, but because they knew, so they were fascinated by the way that I was a dreamer, that I was like everything that I went through of being undocumented and this wasn't, um, so for, for example, to, to be able to work while I was in college, right? I was a contractor, but I had to ride my bike in the heat every single day to all my meetings. I had to go through a lot of obstacles my paperwork at GM to become an employee took like six months, took nine months instead of three months. So I had to convince GM to hire my contracting company. So like I shared like everything that I had to go through. Yeah. yeah. To, and they were like, holy crap, Diego, like if you have gotten to where you are today with all those obstacles, if we help you, you can, the sky's the limit. So they took more like the mentorship mentality with me and it's been amazing. Now, um, most of the guys in GoBundance, fortunately, uh, well, not fortunately, but they've, they've all, most of them didn't come from a very rich background. Um, so they all understand, understand like the struggle, the, the position that, hey, like they, they, in the beginning, they didn't have all of these choices or options, but their hard work has getting them there. So they all share, or most of them at least, share some, some kind of struggle. And then now they're getting re- rewarded of, because of their business and their success on that aspect. Yeah. Um, but there's definitely, I take it, I take ownership. Like I take like, I'm like, Hey dude, I'm a dreamer. And whether you like it or not, this is my story. And this is what I'm doing. There's, there's a lot of, uh, there's been guys. So as an example, at this last GoBundance event, I shared my story. I got, so I gave a Ted talk recently, mm-hmm. but I got the privilege to practice part of my Ted talk there at the last GoBundance event. Oh, awesome. And my Ted talk was basically my dreamer story. And on the topic of can the American dream be achieved when we're not American mm-hmm. and all the obstacles that come with it and all the, and everything that, that happened to me. And a few of those guys came up to me afterwards, right? Because most of them are white. So they came up to me and they were like, wow, Diego, you changed my perspective on DACA and on the dreamers and mm-hmm. everything 
that people go through because the news they were saying is like this what you were telling us is not what the news tells us yeah and i was like that's why i'm sharing my story yeah that's that's why and now now i'm changing their mindset um and it's really cool to see the impact and because they've seen me grow into that person right it's like okay diego's legit and if there's all these other people like diego then the news is not telling us yes. what 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 like what the stories that they're portraying the rhetoric it's not really true yeah it's definitely opens up their mind and i just think for me i think it's like all about communication you know like you sharing your story and i love that you're proud of your story because so many people are scared to share you know the truth and Um, I know a lot of my friends I did in high school, like I didn't even know they were undocumented. They didn't, you know, and I was like, why aren't you applying to school or to college? And, you know, it was just something you don't talk about, but I'm, mm -hmm. and I hope this motivates people or inspires them that you can still make it. And you definitely got to be creative and maybe not through the door, but through the window, like you said. So, yeah. And to be honest, I was for a long time, I was very, um, I, I just didn't share with many people, only with my close friends. But I didn't go public until, so when, when Trump terminated the program or tried to in 2017, um, I shared my story on Facebook with the taxes that I paid in 2016. Yeah. Uh, of over $28,000 because um, Jeff Sessions said that, that, uh, that we had taken away the benefits of all of these Americans. And I forgot the quote, but he basically, he basically said that, that, that we have taken opportunities of real Americans and those have gone to illegal aliens, something along those lines. Yeah. It was like, that is BS. And I shared how... GM hired me because of my potential, those nonprofits and the small businesses and all of those, um, they hired me because of everything that they saw in me, right? It wasn't because, oh, we're going to help him because he's undocumented. They just didn't know. They saw what I've been through and I, I earned that. I yeah. earned those jobs. Yeah. I earned that, that, that status. I mean, not status, but that occupation or those experiences. Um, So I shared that on Facebook and it went viral. Um, and that helped me. Yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome. <laughs> that thing, I shared it. I shared it again. I was like, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's like everyone's thing is like, you don't contribute or you don't, mm -hmm. you know, like that, that like people who are undocumented, but you took a picture of your taxes. and Yeah. So, So basically, I just shared, I shared a picture of my taxes. I'm like, listen, I'm 26 years old, because this was in 2017. I'm like, I'm 26 years old. I own eight rental properties. I employ Americans. I paid over $26,000, $28,000 in taxes on income. That's not the property taxes. I probably paid another $15,000 on that. Um, so it's like, listen, I am providing value to this country. I'm not taking away. Yeah. And that post got me on Fox News Austin. Then it got me on CNN Money, Entrepreneur.com, Forbes, and it's been it's been amazing from from there. Yes, 
and how mm-hmm. do you feel like well and then you even got to go did you you got to go to washington dc craig yeah then i got a call by an organization led by mark zuckerberg and bill gates and they invited me to fly to washington dc and speak with congressmen and talk tell them my story along with a hundred other dreamers but it was us sharing our stories and then i got invited to give a press conference too so that was really cool it, it that was like an epic experience and yeah. it all came from me speaking out sharing my story yeah. and seeing what it can actually do i love yeah. that and i want to i mean that's amazing and i want to take it back a little bit like and i you know i feel like a lot of people you've got it you've got ahead a lot you've gotten ahead with real estate and i want you to share like how can people get started when it comes to I know you mentioned house hacking um Mm -hmm. but what's like you know they're like okay I don't know I have some money saved up a little bit I'm not but I don't know where it's gonna go what would be your advice yeah so for anybody that's thinking about getting into real estate if you're a millennial the best way is to to start with house hacking because you need low money down and it will get you the opportunity to decide if real estate is something that you want to do. A lot of people think that you need 20, 30 or like 60,000 or a hundred thousand to get started in real estate. And the reality is I bought my first house by putting less than 10 K down. And um, so it's definitely doable because with less than 10 K I've been living for free since the age of 24. So it's not, so it's nothing crazy. What they have, what people just need to decide is, okay, I'm going to commit to house hacking. I'm going to commit to investing in real estate as an example, but they need to have the right team. So I always say you have to find an investor friendly realtor that can be your resource so that you can begin to ask questions about the market, about where, what areas are going to be appreciating or where jobs are coming in, right? If you're driving around, if you see one day there wasn't a Starbucks and now there's a Starbucks, you're like, okay, this is an area that's going to be growing because those types of franchises, they do research years before to see where, where the city is growing. Right. Okay. So if you see a McDonald's, a Starbucks, a Domino's, whatever, um, you know that those areas will continue to grow. Um, so that so that would be what I would recommend. Saving money from the beginning um, and living below your means. Know that it's not a quick, a get rich quick. It's more understand that life is a marathon. It's mm-hmm. not a sprint. And. But if people do want to get started in real estate, that's what I would recommend. I have a question. I believe your first home, you did partner up. The first home that you purchased, you partnered up with some friends? Yeah, the first one I partnered up with my dad first. Oh, okay. Because I couldn't qualify for loans at that time because of DACA. Okay, okay. So I just want people to know that you can partner up with some, you know, someone that you trust that's, that um and how does that work when it comes to partnering up do you have to get like a lawyer or contracts like let's say it was like a friend not your dad but like a friend yeah so the best thing would be so let's say that you're buying a property um as an investment 
So what I would recommend is setting up an LLC. The property will probably have to be on both of you guys' names, mm -hmm. but the LLC will manage the money and all of that stuff unless you get a commercial loan. But that that's another topic that's yeah. a lot harder. So just get it, get you you'll get the loan based on your names. Um, but then the LLC will be able to manage that property and all of the income and the taxes and expenses will come from that LLC. And if it's just you and somebody else, both of you will be the managers or owners of the LLC. Yeah. Um, so you'll get an EIN number, you'll get a bank account, and then that's how you manage it. In those, in writing your contract, you can either write your contract yourself or you can go to Legal Zoom. Mm -hmm. That's another website um, that basically allows you to create your LLC and also gives you the right contracts so that I would always say, okay, sit down with your, sit down with your partner and decide what is the exit strategies that you would like to see in the future once we buy this property mm -hmm. because you want everything to be on paper mm -hmm. like hey if we if i want to get my money out in the future what does that look like do we have to sell the property can you buy me out um is there a way that i can still get some cash flow in the future and you pay me like that later in the f like you pay me with a cash flow i do not need like if i invested 10k into the property maybe you do not need to give me 10k right away you can pay me as the months go on mm -hmm. with a little bit of interest so it's just you deciding what will be the best way to to um to have an exit strategy and the other thing in the partnership you have to be okay and understand that maybe there's there's different values that people bring into the partnership right maybe your partner has the money but you but you are but you have the know-how right like maybe what what happened as an example with my buddy pascal he had the money and he lived in colorado and we invested in properties here in austin i had the knowledge i was a realtor i was the one that managed the property so we were able to create a great partnership because he gave me the money and I took all the action. I did all the extra work. And then we were able to basically create the partnership based on my time and his money. And I love that, like different, knowing your strengths and the, your partner's strengths. So what do you feel like is the, the top myths about real estate to get into real estate? I know number one is like the money. Like you said, like, oh, you need to have $60,000. And that's every, like, I can't even talk to people about it because they're just like, no, that's like way too much money. Like, I'm never, you know, like owning a home is like, I really want you to cover like the top three myths that you feel that people mistake about real estate. Yeah. So I would say that's definitely num number one, the, the possibilities of qualifying to get a loan that's very easily accessible. Um, number two would be the, the, the myth for, for me would be that, man, I guess a lot of people think that managing properties is super tough. And they say, oh, I, I, do, I do not want to be, I do not want to get the calls at, 3 a.m. from from a from a tenant telling me that that the bathroom got clogged, mm -hmm. right? 
but that for me is like okay well i i ask them are you a renter they say yes do you, how when was the last time you called your landlord at 3 a.m to tell them that 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 the toilet got clogged and they're like i don't it's like okay you just hear those horror stories but that doesn't mean it's true mm-hmm. and the other thing that that some people think is like they think that buying and buying a home the payments are going to be a lot that's what they usually think but i'm like listen your rent payment is paying somebody else's mortgage is paying that investor so you might as well buy something where you can pay it yourself and have it build equity you pay off the principal and at least you are building wealth that way because your money it's either building the wealth of you of your landlord or it can be creating the wealth for you so that so that would be that would be one of the things that i would say because those are usually the questions that um that i usually get from um from from those and then the one other thing and it's funny that you asked me you asked me that question so Mm -hmm. the the other thing is there is a lot of information out there online so a lot of people just read on forums and they just read all these horror stories but they're not it doesn't give you a lot of clarity so that's why i always recommend read what's online but always find um, there's something in every area called ARIA, which is a real estate investment association. Um, they have them everywhere. In every city, there's usually one. So I would tell people, go to those RIAs, connect with other investors, connect with other investor-friendly realtors, and go from there. Putting yourself in that environment and learning the language and educating themselves. Mm-hmm. and. I want you to share a little bit. I know you gave a TED talk and you mentioned that. And because um, I, I know a lot of people who would, that would be interested in giving a TED talk. What advice would you give for someone who wants to give it, be a TED talk speaker? Yeah, that's, that's, that's good. Um, I would say for anybody that does want to be a TED talk speaker, definitely hone in on what is the one thing that you want people to take away. I ha- you can have multiple in your, in your talk, but what is the one thing that if you tell people, what do you want people to take away? Explain that in one or two sentences. Mm. Number two, every, every conference or every TED Talk event has an organization that is, that's leading that and they've chosen a theme. So, for example, um, the, the theme that happened at FSU. So, I've given a TED Talk at Mountain View College and a TED Talk at FSU. So, at FSU, the theme was question, defy, and redefine, mm-hmm. right? And the one thing that my TED Talk had, I was trying to answer or the quote or trying to answer, can the American dream be achieved if we're not American? So I want the audience to be like, can it? Like, and through my talk, I really try to explain that process. Now, that fit the theme because I was defining 
what I was redefining what it meant to be American, or I was giving my definition. So what I would recommend to people is see if the topic that you're going to be talking about, if it fits that theme, if it doesn't, then don't apply, right? Because to be a TED, a TED X speaker, you need to apply or get nominated. Um, and they happen all over the United States. So what happened um, at FSU, for example, I had to get a nomination and then I had to apply and then I had to go through like some other steps. But um, that was the process, right? So somebody else needs to write up something about you and it needs to go through that process first. In Mountain View College, I had to apply and then I had to audition. So basically, I had to have a, some kind of a smaller TED Talk prepared so that they could see that, number one, I was a good speaker and that I could, um, and that the topic fit their, their theme. Yeah. Or for example, there's some that are only for technology. So, or like about design or, so my, my topic wouldn't really fit there. My TED Talk, my dreamer story wouldn't fit at that theme. I, I mean, you're, if you guys need to all check out his TED Talk and his, his speech, I mean, it's incredible. And I'm so, so proud of him. So, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and for an easy, easy link, they can also go to diegocorzo.com slash TED. So okay. it makes it easy. Yes. And I want to know, like, what, how do you keep a positive mindset? through you know i'm sure you have your days or like deals that just don't where everyone's like well 13 properties but like i'm sure it takes a lot of time like what keeps you positive yeah because i mean life hasn't been easy and even till now um a couple of so for example in 2017 um my my daca documents took a lot longer than expected and i was literally i didn't have any protection for about 40 days and I still had to do my business going and all this other yeah. stuff. And that was just two years ago. So yeah. um, it hasn't been like, oh, everything is amazing now. There's still a lot of challenges that, that happen. But there was a quote that Hal Elrod gave a while ago, and I heard it in 2014. Um, he shared that, and this is what I follow now. It says, I have to be happy with the life that I have as I build the life of my dreams. So no matter what, I've always been grateful of the opportunities that have happened. And I am aware that it's just happening now. It doesn't have to equal my future. So then I'm like, okay, but even though I'm going through these obstacles, what can I learn from them? What is the opportunity that can help me get to my dreams, to my goals? Yeah. And this is something that I've also learned from Tony Robbins is in the power of asking ourselves questions. So for example, a lot of people, no matter what your circumstances are, people begin to ask themselves, oh, why is this happening to me? Oh, I hate this because, it, because somebody else did something to me. But they don't take responsibility of their actions of, or of their situation. So if you just change the two, so why is this happening to me? And ask yourself, why is this happening for me? Even if it's a horrible situation, you begin to look for another option, for a positive outcome. Mm. Because then you're like, okay, 
that I know this sucks, but why is this happening for me? Is this happening? Maybe I need to learn that I need to be more patient. Maybe I need to learn how to sit. So for, for example, for, for me, um, when I didn't have my documents for like 40 days, as an example, I was like, okay, why is this happening for me? I was able to get somebody who became my mentee. I became his coach. And basically he, he drove me around all over the, all over Austin. He went to my closings with me. He drove me to show homes, go to meetings and stuff like that. And what happened was that I was able to be a lot more productive and I made more money that one month where I had all those struggles and everything that I've made in my entire life in other months. Crazy to think, but I took that whole to me and for me and I made it happen. Ooh, interesting. Like your mind totally shifted, like just survival <laughs> type of thing. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. And being grateful, right? A lot of like, no matter what happens, I still have like, I yeah. still have shelter, food. We're in America. There's a lot of opportunity out there. Um, it's not like if I was in a third world country or yeah, not having access to food or to a bathroom, right? So yeah. I'm grateful that no matter what, any bad day here is still a good day in the entire world. That's so true. Gratitude is super important. And if you could have like a magic reset button as it relates to starting your business, your journey, what systems would you go back and put into place sooner rather than later? If I had a reset button, I would have, so this is just personally, I would have invested, um, more money into real estate faster. Wow. I always had a couple of like, hey, I don't know yet. I don't know if I'm going to do this, if, if I'm going to do that. I would have gone all in in 2014, 2015, because now the market has appreciated a lot. And that's been, that's, that's been the main thing. If I was 21 years old right now in 2019, and I had to start from scratch, right? I would create i would i would take advantage of social media and either create a drop shipping company i would do a social media agency i would do i will take those skills and find other people that i can that i can sell them those services that would be what i would do if i was to start again if I was 21 in 2019. All right, people take notes. So I know you have been working on some projects as you prepare for the next 12 months. Um, can you tell us like what's new and what has you excited for the road ahead? As I mentioned earlier, I am a realtor in Austin, Texas. But when my story went viral on the dreamer and with doc and all of that stuff, a lot of dreamers reached out to me saying, Diego, how can I buy homes? Because a lot of lenders don't lend to DACA recipients anymore. So I was able to connect with a few lenders that can do it in all 50 States or 48 States. But, um, now I am, I basically created a program called home for dreamers. And it basically, I find them all the resources that they need to be able to buy a home. 
And I've been able, that's sort of like a side project for me. Mm -hmm. And also I am working now on being more of a speaker and seeing what opportunities may come up from that perspective in sharing my story, sharing. So my keynote presentation is, um, is called like the pursuit of the American dream. And it basically teaches. So I share my story, but I also, there's a part in it where I learned the six, the six keys to achieving financial freedom. And it's based on what I've learned from surrounding myself with 150 millionaires for the last four years. And then I close it with having a strong why so that when life gets tough, people can still achieve their goal and not create excuses for not doing it. Awesome. So it's called the house home for dreamers. Home for dreamers is that project. Yeah. Home for dreamers is the project. Okay. And do you have a favorite quote or lesson you can share with us that helps you keep focus, a focused mindset throughout the day? So my favorite quote is by a guy named Adam Carroll. And when I heard it, it changed my life. It's build a bigger life, not a bigger lifestyle. When I heard that, it, I, I took different actions because I knew that in the long run, I, I asked myself, okay, how can I achieve a big life? And it's my definition of a big life. It doesn't have to be me getting a new car every two years or every year getting or getting the new iPhone as soon as it comes out. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be me buying and collecting all of this stuff. I want to collect more experiences. And, uh, and that's what I focus on now. Basically, like I said in the beginning, I sac- you could say I sacrificed a lot uh, mm-hmm. by living below my means and all that other stuff. But now I've been able to invest in real estate. But it was always because I followed the build a bigger life, not a bigger lifestyle. And where do you see yourself in the next five to 10 years? In the next five to 10 years, I see myself sharing my story a lot more and inspiring. I see myself more as an inspirational, motivational speaker. Um, Still with my properties, I see myself more investing into big apartment buildings, but always always sharing my story with, with other people to inspire them. So if anyone who is listening would like Diego as a guest speaker and, you know, fly him to your school, to your event, totally will not disappoint. Where can people find you? Check out uh, Mm diegocorzo.com to get more information about me. They can also send me an email to info at diegocorzo.com. And if they want to check out house hacking, go to househackingclub.com. 